0: Hello, this is the Hardcore Legend Mick Foley, and you are listening to the Roughhouse Podcast. Yeah. Behold, a podcast for the ages. Recorded live from the interdimensional terror vortex of their subterranean dwellings comes the Roughhouse Podcast version 3.0. Two galactic warriors put down their war hammers and battle axes to perform a more noble task. Complaining about professional wrestling on internet-purchased microphones. Now with more Simpsons references and Kota Ibushi thirst. This is the Rough House Podcast with Marty and Kristoff.
1: Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Rough House Podcast, episode number, I hope I have this correct, 315.
2: Hell yeah, brother. We're pi uh, plus one.
1: Yes, uh, we, we are doing a rare Saturday record. So this is Feb 25, 2023. I am
2: Marty. And I'm Chris Off, and I uh, appreciate you, all all 10 of you guys still listening.
1: <laughs> Most of whom were at your birthday party telling me that they listen.
2: <laughs> yeah, this yeah. is pretty much just a, a vain project for me. Uh, it's just, <laughs> you know, I don't know. It is what it is. Hey, I appreciate you guys, though. Yeah, I mean, I look, man, I'm over 1,000 episodes deep in this thing or some shit. I don't even fucking know anymore. Uh <laughs> <laughs> You're of, too
1: far gone, you've gone too deep. there is it's no just like we'
2: program that like okay, it's a weekend morning I gotta talk uh talk to my pal Marty about wrestling now, yes. so like to the point where I had a very busy week and I did not get a chance to watch any wrestling i I set an alarm on a Saturday morning to get oh, up wow. and watch Dynamite, so I would oh, at wow. least have a basis and not just totally bullshit my way through this entire uh sixty ish minutes here, so See,
1: I couldn't sleep last night and though it had already aired. I watched Rampage. I'm so, sorry. Uh, yeah, I, I mean it was an alright show. Uh, he we said we'll, that last we, week
2: too. <laughs> we, we,
1: well, this was definitely better than last week because this had the Aussie Open match. But we'll we we, we will talk about that. We will talk kay. about that. Let Let's just go ahead and jump into the worldwide leader real quick. The World
0: Wrestling Federation.
1: All right, so, um, Chris, <laughs> yeah. Saturday,
0: uh-huh. Sammy
1: Zayn, the Fallen Hero in Montreal. Yeah. He lost his big match mm-hmm. against the head of the table. The man in god mode. The big dog. The big dog. Woof woof. Roman Reigns. They're in Ottawa. They're in Canada. You oh, they're the some heroes welcome. Okay. Yeah. What do you do with Sami Zayn on the first Raw after this loss?
2: Oh, man, uh, that's a good question. Um, I would have, you know, had him come out, you know, cut a big baby face promo. I did my best. The numbers game got the best of me. Uh, I'm not going to give up the fight. I will take down Roman Reigns. Well, you're part way there. Okay. He
1: talked about how he lost, but he also said that he let everyone down.
2: Okay. Yeah. Sad boy.
1: Yeah. Uh, I said the story wasn't over, but we're entering the final chapter. And he said it, the final chapter isn't just about him; it's also about my old friend Kevin Owens. Okay. So now we're already seeing the pieces fall into place.
2: Don't worry about that world title in Roman. No, no, no. Me and KO are going to do something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My my friend for all these years, my my partner, my uh, my my hetero life mates. Yes. My 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 wrestling soulmate. These now, sorts of things.
1: Owens is still really hurt about everything that Sammy did. And
2: sure. He yeah. cut
1: a good promo about how, you know, he, he did this for himself. He didn't do it for Sammy Zane. He wanted to, to take out the bloodline himself. But he said, you know what, if uh Zane, you need some help, talk to your buddy, Jay. And he walks off. Okay. So now we, we've entered, you know, that, that difficult part in the hero's storyline, the decision of what he must do. The call right. to action is already passed. Now he's facing his struggle. And that struggle is in a man who attacked him immediately after this promo. Would you like to guess what wrestler they put in front of Sami Zayn for the opening contest on Monday?
2: Oh, wow. In Canada. Um, so an American, I would I would say. Um, uh, I'm trying to think of who was involved and who would fucking matter. Well, actually, I don't was, know.
1: was that just a, a loud egg burp that I heard?
2: That was just uh, it was just a coffee burp. But yeah.
1: Okay. Well, the human equivalent of a coffee burp, Baron Corbin ended oh. up being Ugh. the opponent for Sami Zayn. Yeah, I checked with the judges. We're going to give you credit for that one.
2: Thank you. Thank you.
1: Baron Corbin.
2: Uh, so I assume Sami Zayn won this. Yes, he did in
1: nine minutes.
2: Nine minutes it takes to vanquish it went Baron Corbin through a commercial break. I could be Baron Corbin in three.
1: This is not how you rebuild a man. He came out and said, I'm too much of a loser. I lose all the time. His friend dunked on him, and then he struggled to beat Baron Corbin.
2: Mm, Not giving me good hopes for the future of Sami Zayn right here. No,
1: it's not. Speaking of things that we shouldn't have too high hopes for, at Elimination Chamber,
2: Mm we had Brock
1: Lesnar versus Bobby Lashley. I'm sorry, who? Bobbert Lasciarelli.
2: Hey, Bobby. Hey, Bobby.
1: Hey, Well, bringing uh... the sauce? Bobbert the gravy? won.
2: Yeah, okay. won. Robert because,
1: won. you know, Brock kicked too much ass. And, okay. uh... Oh, it's
2: that's right. We, yeah. we
1: had the Chekhov's gun that was Bray Wyatt. He cut a promo on Friday saying he was going to call out the man who survived the match. Okay. So, on Monday... That wasn't handled at all. Instead <sighs> we ended up with Omos challenging Brock Lesnar for WrestleMania and Bobby Lashley challenging anyone in the back.
2: <laughs> okay. Literally so anyone. Omos, I didn't know Omos spoke. Well, so uh, that's... sorry,
1: he didn't speak. MVP spoke for him.
2: Okay, all right. I was curious what it was, it was if it was like a uh, great Khali situation where it was, you know, talks like a uh, uh, a foreign Rocky Balboa sort of situation there. Yeah. Um, okay. So MVP calls out Brock Lesnar on almost. behalf of almost
1: because okay. almost big, almost tall.
2: Uh huh. Almost yeah. difficult
1: to fight. Almost tall.
2: Uh huh. Mongo doesn't understand the complexities of love
1: almost doesn't understand it either
2: <laughs> he doesn't understand the complexities so of
1: much he, he he understands and appreciates the complex brutality of man love but that's besides the point <laughs> so okay Brock versus almost is gonna be the thing apparently someone went you know what we need we need a we need footage of Brock f five being a very very tall man
2: I mean that's happened before. Yeah, but right. it's big. E- show. E- no. <laughs>
1: they need huh. they need new footage.
2: Okay, that's fair.
1: They need a new guy getting flung by Brock. Anyway, Friday on SmackDown, Bray Wyatt had the Firefly Funhouse again
2: because that's bad. Oh Jesus Christ! Uh, here's re- you want a reason to have me not watch SmackDown? There fucking is. Well, you're gonna love how this played out. No, I'm not. The opening <laughs> music was cut off quickly as it showed.
1: Bray Wyatt, Wyatt watching himself challenging the winner to Lashley versus Lesnar. So maybe we're building to him versus Lashley.
2: Uh, yeah, continue. This mm-hmm. smash
1: cut into a fake news segment where okay. Uncle Howdy did the weather and Bray in a really dumb wig hosted a fake game show. And then it cut to coming up on the Firefly Funhouse. Bray wearing another mask. Asking, can you keep
2: a secret? That's it. You can just hear the money being printed, can't you, Chris? What the? F- who is this the fuck for? Who Why is it? Who it is, come is sitting up there? Away. Yeah, who is sitting there at home on their in their trailer on a Friday night, saying, "Man, I can't wait to see more Uncle Howdy." Yeah. Yeah. Jesus fucking Christ, that's pathetic. By the way,
1: main event of SmackDown was a promo continuing the bloodline angle mm-hmm. that had Jimmy Uso calling out Jay and Sammy Zayn. Okay. And we still have no resolution. Jimmy doesn't trust Jay. Jay and Sammy might be buddies. Uh, Sammy pointed out that Roman manipulates the Uso's uh ev- everyone really needs therapy that's pretty much where we're at now in the bloodline Just
2: angle leaning into the soap opera aspect of this whole thing
1: well you know chris there's many people on the internet telling me it should be nominated for an emmy
2: seriously
1: oh yeah google the bloodline and emmy and <laughs> we'll see people Brothers. with names like come on acknowledged me 2020
2: you know uh, like, and these are the same people who will uh show up on wrestle cringe because they're talking about uh how the uh wrestling observer awards are are skewed uh you know and all these different sorts of bullshit things.
1: Yeah, the 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 observer awards that are voted on and shadily commented upon. Yeah. Uh sorry, voted on by the readers and then shadily commented upon by Dave. Dave motherfucked the fact that Tony Khan won best booker
0: oh did he
2: yeah
1: yeah hang on if, if if you give me a moment I, I can bring up his comment
2: yeah i'd love um, to hear because who did he think should have uh one triple h yes yes he did but triple h wasn't even booker until a couple months ago
1: let, let me let me pull up the exact quote here because i was i was in shock um and, and if you want, do you want to talk about the Observer Awards? Because I, I, mean, I have them here.
2: It's whatever. Yeah. Um, mm.
1: <laughs> but uh, Booker. Ba, 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 ba. Best Booker. Tony Khan, number one. Uh, number two was Rossi Ogawa of Stardom. Number three, uh-huh. Paul Levesque. Uh, number four, Gato. Uh, and so on. Here was Dave's comment. And I'm, I'm going to do my best to, uh, to, to read through it because – as you've it's read Dave. Observers, it's yes. Dave, and it gets longer. Yeah. I usually don't comment on this, and for <laughs> the first go. six months of the year, you can make the argument. But WWE and AEW's businesses were in the same position with one much larger, but the clear-cut one and two in the world all year. However, it was WWE that grew all year, while AEW did not do nearly as well in comparison over the last eight months. You can argue bad luck or injuries, but in a Coach of the Year award, one team doing so much better in comparison at the end as opposed to the beginning, that coach is going to win. Injuries are part of the game, and regrouping and rebounding from them are as well. A comparison of the returns of Cody Rhodes, CM Punk, and Kenny Omega is so greatly in one side's favor. Yes, AEW did create an environment on television and pay-per-view to have far more great matches, and while some of the WWE's growth relates to the stadium shows, a lot relates to the aura of Roman Reigns, which is a creative issue, the bloodline angle, which is booking, and the most effective long-term angle in years. While the angle got stronger in 2023, where it doesn't count for this balloting, it was still the strongest in 2022. In addition, whether you are a fan of Bray Wyatt or not, that out of the box thinking, building up his return was a huge short term interest level. Even if Paul Heyman and Reigns played a huge part in one story and Wyatt himself in the other, the
2: overseeing guy is Levesque. So that's one and a half storylines that he's saying should, in in six months, that should give, you know, a Booker of the Year award to to Triple H over, you know, multiple storylines throughout. That's fucking ridiculous come yep. on all right dave but yeah i mean yeah, whatever it's remember this whatever the fuck with, he wants
1: every single time you see people and dave meltzer's mentions talk about how uh dave's a fraud paid off by tony Khan, con con yeah, um remember that because he absolutely motherfucked the dude to you know the industry standard of uh of writing which says a lot yeah. about the industry but still uh the industry standard of writing he absolutely motherfucked the dude Wow. So, I mean, look, All right. no one this year blew me away with their creativity.
2: No, not really. I mean, there was some good stuff.
1: Yeah, because even if I sit here and I say, like, okay, the bloodline happened. That was good. Yeah. I don't know that they got anyone except for the Usos and Roman who were already over, over, maybe Sammy more mm-hmm. over. I can't think of another fucking compelling story on WWE television. Even the Bray Wyatt thing was... That was was marketing. (laughs) That's that's what it was. It wasn't... He didn't wrestle anyone in
2: 2022. I mean, I can't even think of actual... I can think of... I can remember some matches that happened. Yeah. But in terms of storylines, like the fucking Judgment Day Edge stuff that seems like has been going on for three years. Like, that ain't hitting. Um, I mean, maybe... Uh, an honorable mention for the Dominic Mysterio ruining Ray Mysterio's holidays. Yeah,
1: uh, uh, and and Prison Dom is a ten out of ten character.
2: <laughs> but yeah. other than that, uh, you know, the women's division hasn't really been lighting it on fire. Like the the Bailey crew is there, and yeah, and they, they not really making a lot of noise.
1: And likely dropping their tag belts to Becky Lynch and Lita, as was set up this week for RAW,
2: not the for fuck? Mania okay for raw sure all right Uh, i i got nothing on that i can't even comment i
1: can't sit here and say like oh there's there's something bigger and more compelling over on the the aew side of things like god knows they have their problems tony Khan loves to just go hey this angle's working i'm gonna pause it for two and a half weeks so we can fire it off closer to the pay-per-view yeah and lord knows the last Oh, I thought this week's Dynamite was good, but the last two weeks were kind of, hmm. So, there's... It, I don't know. I, I would be picking the the best worst booker, basically.
2: Yeah, yeah. And in that, I go, what shows did I actively enjoy watching? Right. And that's what it comes down to is what, you know, you could remember a lot more that happened in AEW than we can in WWE. Right. Or New Japan, for that matter. Yeah. I don't watch Stardom. So I don't watch Impact. I don't watch Ring of Honor, really. So that's you really, you know, one of three here. Gato wasn't winning because it sure wasn't a banner year in 2022 for uh, for New Japan. So
1: 2023 has potential. I will give them. All the credit in the world. Now that crowds are back, people are cheering. Things are exciting. Yeah. Uh, it, it, it looks like it could be awesome. And, and with that. I want to talk quickly about New Japan. Now, technically, New Japan did not have a big show this week. But
2: right, they were a part of Noah.
1: the biggest pro wrestling show in Japan this year, period, which was the pro wrestling. Noah of retirement show for Kijimuto. Muto. Uh, a.k.a. The Great Muda, as we know him in the U.S., um, as it was called Pro Wrestling Last Love. That's the name oh. of the uh, the show. Dome? Um, it was a Tokyo Dome. Over 30,000 yeah. uh, in attendance. Uh, according, Is to, that more
2: than Wrestle Kingdom?
1: Um, it depends on the year. It was more than Wrestle Kingdom the last few years, yes.
2: Okay, yeah, that was that was um, what I was asking, yeah.
1: Cheering crowds? Yeah. Uh, there were a whole bunch of talent from a, a bunch of different companies, uh, Tokyo Joshi Pro, Dragon Gate, All Japan. Like people sent their best, but the focus was on the New Japan Noah matches, mm-hmm. and the top two delivered, although in very different ways. Uh, we were you and I both were very hyped about the Okada Kiyomiya match. Kiyomiya mm-hmm. is the current GHC champion for Noah. Okada, of course, king god of wrestling. Um yeah. my only gripe, it was a good ass match. Uh, I highly recommend you track it down. Just search the internet for it, you'll find it. I did very quickly. Um I thought it was a very, very good match. Okada beat the piss out of Kiyomiya, which nice. kind of was to be expected based on the build of this. The where setup, the yeah. idea was Okada doesn't see this kid anywhere in his in his orbit, let mm-hmm. alone as an equal. Um and kiyomiya showed fire but kiyomiya lost clean as a sheet
2: in his own promotion <laughs> in his own promotion
1: um yeah. i i want more of this but uh the finish was fucking sick okada hits a tombstone hits the rainmaker gets a two count pulls up kiyomiya hell yeah brother hits an Insiguri, hits the emerald flosion which is the finish that Kiyomiya uses, which was Masawa's move, and Masawa mm-hmm. was the the founder and ace of Noah before his passing, and then hit another Rainmaker for the finish. Nice. So, total dickish heel move. Yeah, no, that's I love my it on paper, right there. But yeah, I, I'm just like, at the same time on paper, Kiyomiya needed that win, man, because he, he'd been chumped hard in Noah. They tried making him a guy. They found the spark here. Like it wouldn't have hurt for Okada to lose here in a fluke way, but the match yeah. rules and, and hopefully we'll see more of it. Okay. Hell, honestly, I'm kind of hoping Kiyomiya now invades new Japan and shit. Kiyomiya, maybe he invades and joins the G1. That would be fucking rad. Mm, um, okay. Anyway, the big main event actually ended up being two separate matches.
2: Oh yeah. The, the farewell. Is yeah. It?
1: So it was uh Tetsuya Naito, And Kijimuto, with the right glasses that you view it through, it was a good match.
2: Storyline glasses.
1: Yeah. Muto is completely fucked.
2: His His knees have been fucked for 20
1: plus years. Right. His hip is fucked. Apparently, he blew a hamstring doing the last Muta match. Like, this was all Naito. And Naito fucking worked for two. Uh, and and Naito he himself has his good days and his bad days. He has his, right.
2: Well, for this one it was like his mentor or like his hero or whatever. Oh yeah, so. he
1: he 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 uh, turned up and turned out here. Uh, there was blood. There was tears. There was all of the shortcuts. But uh, probably the biggest, you know, uh, I love you, I know moment uh, in the mm-hmm. match was Muto did the setup for his mood salt. Yeah, and started to climb up and realize. He can't do a moonsault anymore, so he <laughs> oh. actually comes down, and then that helps Naito, you know, establish yeah. uh, himself for the rest of the match, and ultimately get the finish. As Naito won clean.
2: Well, I mean, if it's a retirement match, that's the that's the way the business typically goes.
1: Yeah, uh, he used uh, multiple shining wizards in the finish, which of okay. course Muto uh, invented. Yeah. Weirdly enough, um, it's, it's weird to believe now that there is a period of time. The Shining Wizard was not in every indie worker's move list.
2: (laughs) Yeah, well. Take trading, uh, man.
1: After the match, Muto grabs the mic, cuts a promo, thanks the crowd. And on commentary for this match was uh, Masahiro Chono. Chono Mm -hmm. uh, was just as big a star as Muto in Japanese wrestling. Sort of the, the rock to his Austin. Um, but Muto hasn't wrestled in years. He has a horribly fucked up neck. Ironically, or oh, yeah, I mean. sorry. Uh, Chono hasn't fu- wrestled yeah. in years. He's got a fucked up neck, ironically, due to Steve Austin. Uh, oh, really? Yeah. He slipped due. They were both in a G1 one year. Uh, he, uh. Wait,
2: Steve Austin did a G1?
1: He did. He did. Yeah. Back when he was in WCW, because WCW and New Japan had,
2: uh, Right. Had, talent uh, share talent share so yeah i didn't i never knew that he would did a, a g1 yeah i
1: mean it wasn't as I big as not to aware do of that as it was as, or as it is now it was a shorter tour and it was less people okay but um huh. he slipped doing a tombstone pile driver on uh chono and it fucked up so. Chono's neck
2: so that's that's two uh, two broken neck pile drivers for yeah. for Stone Cold there,
1: huh. Yeah, the the Chono one was first, but anyway, he's mm-hmm. he's now kind of grown into like as many people do in in uh, Japanese entertainment, he's grown into a guy who's on like panel shows and stuff, so yeah. people know who yeah. Chono is. He was doing commentary for this. Muto goes, "Hey, Tiger Hatori's in the front row,
2: mm-hmm. legendary Shono, referee."
1: You're right there. Yeah. Let's go one more time. (laughs) Chono, who is walking with a cane, mind you. Oh, boy. Yeah. So, smartly, all it was was a very impromptu short match. Uh, Muto said, hey, you know, Chono, you never got to have a retirement match. Let's do this. They did a collared elbow tie-up. Chono slaps Muto. Chono hits a Shining Wizard and then locks in the STF. And uh, Muto puts two guys over on the way out. Good for him. So uh, yeah, so that 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 was the end of things. Of course, more pomp, circumstance, and uh, they showed. Uh, speaking of contemporaries who are no longer with us, they showed uh, images of uh, Muto with Masawa and Hashimoto. Hashimoto was the number three guy in New Japan in the time of Chono and Muta. So gotcha. Uh, okay. So yeah, if you if you are or were the type that traded tapes in the 90s and watched that era of new japan heavyweights i highly recommend that match a lot otherwise i'd say kiyomiya okada is the one to track down and watch uh, gotcha absolutely fucking ruled but uh we're now heading towards the new japan cup uh and uh as a part of that we are going to have the 51st anniversary show on march 6th and that's going to be headlined with an IWGP heavyweight tag team title match as Godo and Yoshihashi will be defending against Okada and Tanahashi. Okay. So big the, uh, moment for uh, Yoshihashi and Godo. Let's we'll see if they yeah, actually walk yeah. out with the belts there.
2: I mean, does it really ma I don't really see a reason to put the tag belts on those two at the moment. So
1: I mean, I see no reason as, aside from them
2: being fight. Tanahashi and Okada. Fair. And aside from Goto and Yoshihashi being Yoshihashi and Goto. Exactly. Exactly. (laughs) But long-term, you know. I mean, Okada Two Belts, Uh, okay, but he doesn't need it. Yeah. Tana is Tana. He's the ace. He's fine. So fall guy ace here, I'm saying.
1: (laughs) I I, I think you'd be very happy of me. I uh, I saw – there was some scuttlebutt online about – Perhaps a mixed tag match coming up real soon because uh-huh. uh, Mercedes Monet uh, right. tweeted to Kenny Omega that hopefully he gets to see you in a ring real soon, mm. and uh, people have been proposing like, oh, is it going to be Okada against uh, Okada and Monet against uh, Omega, Omega and, and shida Riho or shida oh, or what have you? Yeah. And saw someone online, and they're like, but who drops the fall? And I just replied, Bushi. He can't help himself. He just jumps in, <laughs> takes the fall.
2: Uh, uh, honestly. Sheeta would absolutely murder Monet. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah,
2: yeah. <laughs> but I'd, I'd watch that match, no doubt.
1: Oh, on paper, that sounds like a great fucking time. It would, yeah. as they did it in the states, they could sell out a massive arena for it. Hell, sure. But, I mean, if it weren't for the fact that I'm pretty sure we're getting Osprey Omega Two at, at Forbidden Door, right. uh, I could see that being the main event of Forbidden Door. But yeah, alas. But hey, speaking of the other side of the Forbidden Door. AEW had themselves a newsworthy week, starting with Tony Khan's important announcement.
2: Yeah, the guy loves to hype himself up uh with some big announcements. Uh we talk about this a little bit on the uh the Schlegel soapbox as well, yep. available on the Patreon, patreon.com slash the Roughhouse Podcast. Five dollar tier gets you access to our monthly episodes with our dear beloved friend Justin Bosefus Schlegel. Um so so yeah, the big announcement, uh, you know, we talked about what would it what, what what would it be? Would it be Ring of Honor? Would it be Forbidden Door? Uh turns out neither. Uh, yeah. But it was a new show on the uh, Turner Broadcast Network, uh, which was, was uh, I guess, at AEW All Access is its name, correct?
1: Yes. AEW All Access. It is the replacement for Roads to the Top. Uh, it will yeah. be premiering yeah. on TBS this March, presumably whenever the first season of Power Slap wraps up. Yeah, man. I, that, I, I can't believe that's Super a bad. show. I, just I know not say um, but it is an aew reality show they they filmed some stuff last year uh for uh, a pitch of an aew couples show, which apparently mm-hmm. didn't get picked up, and then they started filming this show uh coincidentally enough when they were in Baltimore last time in November. Um, but it's it's going to take a look at the behind-the-scenes lives of multiple people. The The image that got set to all of the Hollywood press was of Brit and Adam Cole, so they're clearly going to be a big part of it, but named in the press release, in terms of people, will see the behind-the-scenes of Brit and Adam Cole, Ty Conti, and Sammy Guevara, so I guess maybe the repurposing footage from, you know, the, the, uh, the couples project for that. Uh, the yeah. Young Bucks... Eddie Kingston, which I'm very excited about, and even Tony yes. Khan. So the entire world will get to learn what a jittery nerd he is.
2: <laughs> Depending on where you fall on that uh, that, that spectrum of, of Tony Khan's eccentricities. Yeah,
1: uh, <laughs> I, I can't say if it's going to be, be a good thing or a bad thing. I just know it's yeah. going to be a thing.
2: It's going to um, be very edited. Yes, yeah. Good thing he's
1: but, executive producing.
2: <laughs> yeah, I, I will say that the most no-brainer situation uh, with this is having Brit and Adam Cole as the, you know, your leads if oh, if yeah. it were to be that way. Yeah. Um And you know, honestly, because we compared it uh, as one will likely do to Total Divas.
1: Yeah.
2: Um, I I would imagine that if this does well. Then uh, I would say a spinoff, either Ms. and Mrs. style or or uh, Total Bella style for for Britain, Cole would would be a, a smart bet uh, yeah. because they're very likable. They're, you know, an interesting couple. They're young. They're attractive. Like it, they have everything going. They, for they
1: them. check all the boxes, especially yeah. for mainstream press. I said this when sure. they were, won his, his and hers Owen belts. Right. It's. I mean, the optics are okay, two white people, one. So there's that. But the optics are also two young, good looking, charismatic people. Yeah. That, you know, you, I mean, years ago they were on Anthony Bourdain's show. Yep. And, I remember. and they came off as such great ambassadors for pro wrestling and the indie yep. wrestling lifestyle and what makes someone get into this art. Yeah. I could see the two of them. On the couch at the Today Show or Good Morning America or whatever. And yeah. they will look the part. They, they, will, they will be the stars that are needed for this. Um, mm-hmm. You know, Not taking anything away from like Cody and Brandy because as much as we love to motherfuck Cody here, he absolutely was the guy, maybe until the neck tattoo. But before then, he was <laughs> the guy to put in front of press, to, to glad hand and schmooze and, and all of that. let's be damned. Yeah, <laughs> I I think uh, I think Cole will get there, and I think Brit's ready to do the same. So sure, yeah. So yeah, good stuff there. But yeah. the show on Wednesday was from Phoenix, by God, Arizona, and it kicked off with hell of an opener, as mm-hmm. it was Orange Casti
2: against Wheeler Utah for the All Atlantic Championship.
1: I loved this match, Chris.
2: I, I'm, honestly, y- well, yes, but it was more of two matches to me. There mm-hmm. was the the opening bit of the uh, of the match where Yuta, you know was like I can wrestle. Orange Cassidy's like I can fucking wrestle, and they just like wrestled, like straight up like amateur wrestled for a couple minutes. Yeah. Um, and to the point where Claudio comes down, it's like look motherfucker, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you're in a blackpool combat club, slaps the ever living shit out of him, says go in there and beat his ass. And then it really went into the next gear. And the history between OC and Utah was mentioned on air and talked about and worked into the, the match. You know, reversals. They know each other so well. It was a very, very good match. Well put together. Storyline-wise, performance-wise, it got the good time that it needed. It, this was fantastic.
1: Yeah. Uh, we talk a lot about visuals on this show. Yeah. Two weeks ago, the visual of the blood on the camera from brian mm-hmm. danielson this gave us a new
2: one the gum from the mouth of
1: wheeler yeah. Yuta yeah. resting upon the forehead of orange cassidy
2: now you try that 10 more times it ain't it ain't sticking exactly
1: a, a level of kurt henning-esque accuracy yes. yep made that work and uh 10 out of 10 uh i, I want another one of these uh i, yeah. I recognize that oc1 i recognize it was clean but I, I want another one of these. I, I thought this was fantastic.
2: But as it was going, you're like, okay, they're starting with the title match. This this could be a good thing. We maybe Yuta wins the fucking title. You know, the, yeah. and there were some really close false finishes in there uh, as well that really got me, uh, you know, even more pushed towards the edge of my seat.
1: Absolutely. Renee Paquette was backstage with uh, Evil Uno, who was going to say, uh, "What are you planning to do to John Moxley?" It's weird that everyone facing John Moxley talks to Renee about it. I feel like there's a conspiracy <laughs> here.
2: Um, she's she's like slipping him hints, like subtly, <laughs> like putting a little note in uh, in his front pocket.
1: But uh, Adam Page jumps in to try to interrupt and you know tell him not to do this. Whatever, Uno though immediately like, "No, fuck that shit." We're standing up for ourselves. This is happening tonight. So yeah, yeah, yeah. I liked that. I like I like seeing a little backbone on Uno.
2: Well, well, part of that is because you know Renee gave him the intel. His weakness is the uh, inner part of his knee.
1: You
2: know, <laughs> so whatever whatever they're making out, he just touches the inside of. Uh, she touches the inside of his knee, and then he uh, orgasms. I didn't the coins. She, was,
1: she she was in lesbians with. Uh, of course she with is. Mox. Yeah. Um Ricky Starks came out to talk about his issues with the Jericho Appreciation Society, and it was promptly followed by a live action version of the Bugs Bunny Elmer Fudd Rabbit Season Duck uh, rabbit Season Season Duck Season uh play. As uh, Jericho basically said uh or in his conversation with Ricky Starks, he got convinced that not only a he can and should face Ricky Starks one more time, and also he should also ban the JAS from ringside, and it'd be a damn shame if he couldn't sign it because he has no pen. Yeah, but you know what? Ricky has a pen. Shout out to the list. Clicks yep. the pen, gives it to him, and that is signed for Revolution.
2: Because yeah, no one a-
1: outsmarts the Ocho.
2: Yeah, I mean this. I, I mean, I we all knew we were getting here. Yeah. Uh, did this need to go eight minutes? <laughs> right, or wherever. right. It felt like 20, but, you know, it's just because Jericho dragged shit out. Um, mm-hmm. But hopefully Revolution is the end of uh, Ricky Stark's involvement with the JAS.
1: Agreed. We had the acclaimed against the firm duo of Lee Moriarty and Big Bill. Are they firm? <laughs> apparently not as a uh, caster <laughs> are said, they soft said that he's s-a-w-f-t uh which legit popped yeah. bill that i think that's my favorite thing in the acclaimed uh-huh. raps when they get the opponent to corpse that makes me happy
2: yeah 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 um, i remember when they i guess they were facing uh war joe at one point and yeah. joe was like okay motherfucker <laughs> yeah. let's go yeah and All when right. you get that from joe yeah 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 yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, I, I
1: think uh, it was week before last. He actually popped Jarrett with the TNA lockdown line. So
2: yeah, yep, uh, that, yep
1: again yeah, makes no, me I happy. Mean, that's
2: it. C- continues to be one of the most over things on the show. The acclaimed and, and Caster's mm-hmm. raps, man, he's
0: yeah.
2: he's really got it down. Like I, I, I would say, I know we made fun of it a lot at the beginning. Oh, it's a John Cena ripoff. He did everything mm-hmm, mm-hmm. like leaps and bounds beyond what John Cena ever accomplished on mic. Yeah, yeah.
1: And the match was fine. Uh, yeah. So much of it was during commercial, though, that I can't tell you really a thing about it. Shock of yeah, shocks. Yeah, I didn't see it. Shock <laughs> of shocks. They claimed
2: one. Yeah. As they should, yeah. you know. So,
1: Tony Schiavone uh, introduced Christian Cage to the stage. <laughs> and uh, Jack Perry comes out, attacks him from behind, brings out two chairs, goes to do a concerto. But you see... Like many, a baby face.
2: <sighs> He's Jack a moron. Perry, too dumb. Yeah.
1: Can't, r- can't take the moment to just go, well, I knocked him down. I got the chairs in my hand. I might as well just do the thing. Like, people won't hate you for this,
2: Jack. No, they are actively encouraging you to do it. Yeah. Uh,
1: yeah but he couldn't do stupid. it. So uh, Cage, oh, so this is
2: probably happening at Revolution 2. Well, oh,
1: undoubtedly. Right? Uh, Cage it. flips out, busts open uh, Jungle Boy, and that's that. Got a mm-hmm. video package of Wardlow and Joey Samoe. I,
2: I'm sorry. I swear to God, if this thing ends with Luchasaurus siding back with Jack Perry, I'm fucking, I don't even, know. I'm not done, but I'm going to be very, very upset. <laughs> I don't
1: know if that lawsuit with uh, the mask maker has been settled yet, so.
2: Oh, yeah, that's right.
1: So I don't know if we're gonna we're going to see any of that anytime soon.
2: Um, Does that stem from Lucha Underground? I never read the the finer de- final details from that.
1: I I think there was a past agreement that didn't get amended.
2: Is the problem here? Ah, gotcha.
1: soraya defeated Sky Blue. It was what it was. Uh, it was the battle
2: of tits versus ass?
1: Yes. Um, <laughs> soraya ends up winning. She and Tony storm end up trying to uh, paint sky blue. Britt Baker and Jamie Hader hit the ring because their faces now. Yeah. Um, And then as storm and Soraya storm up the ramp, uh, ramp, Ruby Soho's music hits. And I just go, okay, cool. What's, what's going on on my feed?
2: I mean, what's going on is that Jamie Hader was wearing some short shorts and that's uh, all, all I was fixated on. So it's true. Crush me, mommy.
1: So then we had, uh, then we had a promo segment between Brian Danielson and MJF. I would
0: love your response. Okay, your you're, you're,
2: on you're, I was going to say your tone is leading me to believe that you didn't enjoy it. Uh, I did. I thought this was pretty effective. Um, you I know, this I like was when they get personal, but but you don't think it's okay to make light of CTE, knowing Brian's history?
1: No, I'm fine with that. Okay, attack the family attack the CTE pick a fucking lane this is just another one of those MJF hat on a hat promos Okay, where it just feels like Fair. do you want me to have have the pathos of MJF not being able to have a family and and how the belt is the only thing he has which by the way is a fucking face thing to say yeah it is or do you want me to be like, fuck that guy for talking shit about Brian and talking shit about Brian to his kids? Also, why did Danielson wait so long to punch MJ off in the face? He's like, if you say something to my kids, I'm gonna, I'm, I'm coming after you. And he goes, hey, Birdie. And it's, it takes him like five minutes to get to the ring.
2: Well, it's the CTE. It takes oh, a while for everything. Fair. To <laughs>
1: fair. <laughs> <laughs> also, why is this promo happening this week and not next week when it's the go
2: home? I'll just wait until – just wait to see what MJF has to say this week. Okay. This coming week.
1: But, yeah. I, I, I guess. I, I, I thought it was well done. It's just I, – I, Unnecessary? I need one or the other. I didn't need all of
2: it. Yeah. I mean, the match is already happening. We're already sold on the match. Yeah. So, you know. I don't know.
1: Um
2: – Tony Schiavone
1: was backstage with Jamie Hayter and Britt Baker. Uh, uh, Hayter said, hey, uh, Soraya's been undefeated and Ruby deserves a title shot. So let's make it a triple threat. I saw some people online being all like, well, what the fuck has Ruby done? Ruby beat fucking Britt and Tony last week. That's what she did. She beat two of the top women in in the company.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: She won. <laughs> like that, that was the one where I'm like, that makes sense. The Soraya bit. The, she's undefeated. She's wrestled like three people.
2: So yeah, and none of them were. Well, I, that's not true. Her her first match was Britt, right? Yeah, yeah. So I was gonna oh. say that she beat nobody, but yeah, that's not true. So yeah,
1: she beat Britt, and that's it.
2: Britt Sky, Sky Blue and something. somebody, whoever she beat in the middle. Was it Tony? No, have it wasn't been to it Tony? I can't remember. Before they were together, I don't remember. Yeah, she. I'll has say not, this though. I mean, she's
1: been. Around, yeah, and I was I was talking about this in the Rampage recap because there was a another on Rampage. There was another Jade Cargill promo that just was words to fill in, like I want people to fight me, and no one wants to fight me, and I'm that bitch. Like that's every Jade Cargill promo. Yeah, ever. Kind of weird. She's not involved in this at all. Because this is basically like the entire women's division is taking sides. And Jade is just like, no one wants to fight me. Like, Then start a fight. Because yeah, they're all bitch. fighting like, each other over there. Yeah. Like, fucking get some. Like, pop in there and be like, Scott Blue or somebody. I'm going to punch you in the face because of reasons. Eh.
2: There you go. Yeah. Perfect promo. 10 out of 10. No notes.
1: <laughs> this is why I produce people at the yard fight shows. Uh <laughs> uh we had the Tag Team Battle Royal, not to be confused with next week's Casino Battle Royal, where uh-huh. Jeff Jarrett single handedly causes his duo to get the shot.
2: I mean, whatever. I like tag team battle royals are just clusterfucks of messiness. It's just battle royals on their own are that way but you add a a tag team uh aspect to it and it's Mm -hmm. just i you can't pay attention to what's going on there's too much shit happening but a lot of shit is happening but nothing's really happening yeah (laughs) it's just you know there was a spot or two um that was fun but you know okay and then these assholes win fuck off come on
1: yeah stroke on trent yeah that's Uh, We had a video package with the House of Black saying that they were going to call out the Elite on Friday. Weird way to call people out. Anyway. Mm. Uh, Renee Paquette was backstage with Tony Khan, who said that his huge announcement should be made by an AEW talent. This was the announcement of the uh, All All Access Access. show. Adam Cole was the one who did it, and he said, hey, the week it premieres, that's going to be my first week back in the ring on Dynamite, so I guess he's not going to be on the pay-per-view.
2: Okay. I mean, hey, man, take your time. There's no you know it's already looking to be a uh, very match heavy uh pay-per-view so and then one, one the main f- event was
1: John cool. Moxley and Evil Uno who beat the absolute so I, piss out of each other
2: full disclosure i did not get this far i got to the house of black promo and then needed to set up to record so i did not watch this
1: No match worries yet. uh it was short but awesome uh Uno yeah. bled like a stuck pig
2: uh-huh
1: um, he also came out without a top bold um but hey i'm here for the body positivity Uno um yeah yeah yeah. everyone let it gusher uh rear naked choke gets the finish is just blood is pulling out of his head uh post match john silver and alex reynolds hit the ring but claudio and yuda stop them so hangman page comes out he's got barbed wire wrapped around his fist and he tees off on moxley so uh mox is bleeding everywhere Looks like we are gonna get a what? shot. No, Moxley bails to the ramp, and he's all maniacal and bleeding everywhere. Now, based on what I know about the Blackpool Combat Club, Evil Uno, having bled with John Moxley, is now a member of the Blackpool Combat Club.
2: <laughs> so, here's yeah, I think that's in the bylaws, the BCC. Yes. <laughs> yeah. There you go. It's working both sides here. And then article f- two, section five, uh, line eight, I believe, if I recall correctly.
1: Accurate. And then Friday. Oh, the show I've been waiting on that I haven't watched in a month. You you, you continue to wait on it. Uh, Fun episode. Uh, It it kicked off with the Young Bucks against Aussie Open. They did their whole, we put the entrances on YouTube so we go straight to the action gimmick. Really fun match. Struck me, though, that if this was not on Rampage, if this was on a pay-per-view, they would have stepped it up even further. Uh, I want Aussie Open in AEW way more often. Um, I, I like them a lot as a duo and they had a really, really fun match with the Bucks. Okay. Uh, Lexi Nair, uh, was interviewing the best friends about the battle Royal, but they were then immediately jumped by big bill Lee Moriarty and the gun club who beat the big
0: bill.
2: Okay.
1: Tony storm beat Willow Nightingale. All right. Good match. It was fine. Uh, it feels like they've already lost interest in pushing Willow and Nightingale. That's a bummer. shame. Um, Jade Cargill, like I said, cut a promo on the entire women's division. It's like, hey, somebody, anybody who wants to be 52, anyone? anyone? Ray Lewis comes out and stabs her with a knife. <laughs> I did see uh, Abaddon. D- did you see Abaddon has a new look? Uh, I did only because
2: uh, my boy Derek loves his map I was gonna say Derek,
1: Derek was undoubtedly the one who told you.
2: <laughs> and yeah, within our, uh, our our dudes with attitudes group text, <laughs> <laughs> Eric named that. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, that, that that definitely did see that, and uh, you know, good for her, yeah, it together, good. girl. Yeah. Um,
1: we had uh, Lance Archer come back for the first time in forever. He okay. murdered uh, a random jobber named Bryce Saturn. Still not the
2: best <laughs> Perry's recent,
1: nephew, uh, possibly, but still not the most yeah. recent jobber name. Um, I mean, keep... w-
2: will Lance Archer ever top the time he like threw some guy through the ceiling? No. In the locker room. Oh, I, mean, yeah. I feel like that's his crowning achievement. That, that is A-W. That is the
1: peak. Yeah. yeah. That that is the, the most Lance Archer he will ever Lance Archer.
2: Did he call anybody out? Did any it was just an No, no, breaks.
1: it was it was just him uh destroying people.
2: Okay. I mean that's cool,
1: but Yeah. Uh we got Keith Lee and Dustin Rhodes backstage. Keith Lee dressed like a weird ass member of the X-Men. <laughs> He's wearing okay. like a white and gold robe with an X on it. I'm, right. I'm not. I'm, I'm not joking. He, he literally looked like he could have been like part of the Age of Apocalypse era X-Men.
2: As it wasn't the all-white like the Future Foundation. uh oh, yeah. Yeah. costume back in the nice, day. Nice fucking pool. Oh yes. well, I recently because I know you stopped playing, but there's a Magneto variant in the uh, in the all-white oh, Future okay. Foundation gimmick, and I bought that with my gold, nice. and I love it.
1: <laughs> I keep wanting to get back into it, but now I just feel like I'm so behind.
2: Brother, the 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 PVP has been going for a while. We've yet to have a match. So.
0: I
1: know, because I, I don't feel like I have a deck worth of shit anymore. You drop
2: out two months already. Poppycock. You know. Poppycock. Anyway. I'm sure. I'm sure your deck will do great. Show me that deck. <laughs> can we Bust cut out that, that deck?
1: We 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 can cut that out. I'll put it on the board. All right, right. Um, but yeah, they're gonna have a tag match against uh, Swerve and Parker next week in San Francisco. And then the main event was Sammy Guevara against Action Andretti. Really fun match. Andretti is really putting it all together. No surprise, though, Sammy wins uh, the the main event. Uh, Set up for Dynamite on Wednesday, which will be in San Francisco. So they got a full week in San Fran. It's going to be Dynamite live on Wednesday, Rampage live on Friday, and then the pay-per-view on Sunday, next Sunday. Uh, It's Orange Cassidy versus Big Bill. Hook versus Matt Hardy for the Oak? FTW title.
2: Oh, my God. If
1: Hook wins, <laughs> okay. he gets a match with Stokely Hathaway. Tony uh, Storm against the returning Riho.
2: Wait, Jer- does that mean Matt Hardy's going to be the FTW champion?
1: It, no, he's going to
2: lose because if Hook
1: wins, he gets a shot uh, at Stokely Hathaway.
2: I know, but Stoke can't work a match. Yeah, he can. With a, he's got – oh, I guess it's a kayfabe broken. Yeah, curious,
1: it's, it? it's a kayfabe arm injury.
2: You. I take a back. I'll have me...
1: you know that man wrestled as Chuck Taylor for a while. Really, <laughs> um really. Tony Storm against Riho. Chris Jericho oh. versus Peter Avalon for some reason.
2: Well, because Avalon came out uh, during the, the bit this past week, which I know, he looks just... completely different, and like, who yeah, cares? I,
1: I just I, – I don't get why you – i i understand storyline wise they're doing it but it'd be like well we're gonna do leva bates versus soraya like nobody wants to see that shit
2: no it's not gonna be a long match i mean it's gonna be bell ring judas effect three count Uh, there we go but fuck
1: all that shit we're getting a face of the revolution ladder match winner goes against joey samoe for the tnt championship or wardlow for the tnt championship it will be get ready for this lineup Okay. Kanazaki Takeshita,
2: Let's Ortiz,
1: Action right. Andretti, uh-huh. Semi Guevara,
2: uh-huh.
1: Powerhouse Hobbs, Yes, Eddie Kingston, oh. A.R. Fox, Uh huh. The AEW debut of indie lucha star Commander. Oh shit! Yeah. All right. <laughs> so that is just happening for funsies on Wednesday. So Let's the go. rest of the card could literally be, I don't know, Peter Avalon doing his taxes. Find out how far a crisp 23000 a year stretches. That could have been the rest of the show, and I'm still going to be fully engorged for this ladder match.
2: Well, if you want to know how far 23G uh, can go, I'll, I'll send you my tax returns from a couple of years back when I was working at 98 Rock. <laughs>
0: The Rough House Podcast is a weekly podcast fueled by coffee, pizza rolls, and the stench of dirty litter boxes. Follow Christoph and Marty on Twitter at RoughHouseSGW, at Facebook.com slash Podcast, and at Patreon.com slash Podcast for early access to episodes, exclusive podcasts, Rough House Redos and Rough House Divided movie trivia games. New episodes drop every single Monday on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, TuneIn, and wherever you find your favorite podcasts subscribe motherfuckers this is the, the rough house pod. uh, podcast with justin and Christoph. that's it fuck Christoph. he's terrible with his information okay hey this is the rock shut your mouth jabronis and listen up because this is the rough house podcast with marty and my least favorite man on the planet Christoph fanny packs fanny packs fanny packs want to hit the town looking like your favorite mid-90s wrestler fanny packs dying to strike your stuff but you don't have any pockets in your jean shorts fanny packs got stuff to carry and you want to keep it near your dick fanny packs head on down to conrad p hickenbottoms fanny pack outlet and snatch up one of our ten thousand reasonably priced fanny packs denim leather neon print double zipper velcro reflective or fine imported chinese silk we've got the fanny pack to fit any late 90s professional wrestler on the go don't be some schmuck who hides his brass knuckles in your pocket store a little fanny pack who's got time to walk to the ring with a pre-prepared retirement statement in your hand. Keep it in a fanny pack. Some of our famous customers include Shawn Michaels, Kevin Nash, Triple H, and everyone's favorite deceased fat chick thriller, Mike Awesome. Conrad P. Hickenbottom's fanny pack outlet. Keep it near your dick.